Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 6th of November 2012. Newcomers, I suggest you make good use of CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. Remember all the sites listed there have lots of audios for free download where you go into the system that you're born into and the direction it's going in. It's guided, of course, from the very, very top. And, uh, and and the different ploys they use to get the public divided into multiple little divisions so they can conquer everyone and destroy all that was to bring in the new, of course. And the new system, of course, is their own system where you'd be regulated through science and bureaucracies uh, and agencies uh, from birth to death and monitored from birth to death as well. A more efficient form of slavery, in fact. So help yourself to the audios. Remember, too, all those sites also have transcripts in English for print-up at the talks I've given. And if you go into Alan Sentient, sentinel.eu, you can find transcripts in other languages for print-up. Remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you. I don't push this as a business uh, and so on. I try to keep this as honest as possible. And... Um, what I do really is just simply come out at the right time to get the information out and try and change the direction that even the Patriot system was going into, which I actually did years ago. And others had to kind of follow along, which upset the big boys at the top. Because understand, everything is organized, everything. The media all belongs to, to really the big boys at the top, the Council on Foreign Relations. And at the same time, too, they don't overlook anything else. Remember that as well. And they have infiltrated so many different organizations that start up. Many folk have written to me with personal experiences of this, so that's to be expected. So you have to be very, very careful of who guides your brain. You should be in charge of your own guiding, and no one else should remember. Because once you start parroting people uh, without checking out the, the, all the facts, then someone else is controlling you. So as I say, if you like what you're hearing here, you can guide me, or guide me along or keep me ticking along by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and donating. I don't uh, get money from any other things that are sold here, from advertisers or anything or, or different products. So it's up to you. And I say that keeps me honest. So from the US to Canada, you can uh, use a personal check to order or you can donate as well. You can still use um, international postal money orders from the post office to Canada. You can still send cash or you can use PayPal. And across the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. Remember, straight donations are awfully, awfully welcome in these tough times, and it's getting tougher all the time. Canada is really is way ahead of most countries for uh, very high taxes on all products and, and inflation too, as we dish out money across the world to up-and-coming nations like India and China and so on. 
And we're in a form of international communism, because remember, communism was funded by the West from the very, very beginning. Uh, you got to have a dialectic to change the world, otherwise you wouldn't change the world. If there's only one side and one natural system, you can't change it. You must get a, a dialectic going of, of opposition. And that's what the whole Cold War was about too, uh, as they guided it all along. And even the Rees Commission to investigate all the so-called left-leaning foundations in the U.S., these multi-trillion dollar foundations, uh, were funding what seemed to be communistic organizations. And the Rees Commission found out in the 1950s that Eventually, they'd merge the two systems together. So you've got massive bureaucracies in government, you see, running you in a communistic fashion with agencies, telling you what to do, what they think, all the way from school, right up through your lives. And you've got the fascists at the top running the whole system. Beautiful, really, isn't it? It's very clever. And folk never really catch on, or if they do, they forget it very quickly. They get caught up in all the massive data that's thrown at you every day. Remember, data is just that. It doesn't mean it's true. It's just data that fills your head. And there's only so much your head can accept until you start deleting. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. It's astonishing really that so many things happen at the same time and folk don't really ask questions about why memes or trends are are simply thrown out there. It's like the Jimmy Savile thing, something that was covered up for since about the 1950s, for goodness sake. The guy was actually, he had a record back then for doing the same kind of thing before BBC took him on and and brought him into Top of the Pops, where he often groped women on, you know, at the end of the show. And there's actually videos up there today showing you all this kind of stuff. So everyone knew what he was about in the BBC and, and big wigs too at the top covered for him. But this is all coming out at the same time as other things are coming out. It's, it's almost like forcing an issue to the top for discussion. And I say, I think this is part of the reason it's coming out too, because it's forcing a debate on something, obviously. And the d- debate will be on something different again than you ever expected. There'll be certain rights for different kinds of people. And so on. I've already mentioned how the paedophiles have come out demanding their rights openly. And they've used the same arguments that the different groups prior to them used from homosexual rights and so on. Well, they got them, so why can't we? And the United Nations is is backing them up in a lot of things as well. So there are always reasons that things come out at the same time to say it's to force issues through that the general public to say, oh dear, that's terrible, never suspected it would end up in a different direction altogether. But um, there's much, much more to this, of course, because obviously even with, with Savile, they cannot go higher than Savile uh, unless the people are dead already, uh, and, uh, and that's the end of that part. But they can't go higher with people living today who are involved with Savile because it was way to the top, you see, right to the very, very, very top. And um, we know, for instance, that Prince Charles... Um, was going to come out with a whole slew of recommendations to government for changing different laws on things. 
guess what they would be? We'll never know now because the, 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 the intelligence agencies grabbed them before publishing when Savile's story broke out. So I would say that's kind of related. It was just about his usual stuff. Too many people, uh, the wrong kind of people, he means, on the planet and uh, bad architecture and all that kind of stuff, sustainability. Uh, then I don't see why they wouldn't have published them. It had to have something else involved there for me to pull them. And really, I mean, 12 government agencies grabbing the stuff before publication to save his skin. And then they throw him off to the Far East to get out of the way for a while. So something he was going to say, obviously, would sort of tie in with something that wasn't supposed to come out at the right time, at the same time. But as I say, we've got all these stories coming out now. I mean, here's an example. There's something behind all of this. And this article comes, comes out and says, After months of keeping the details of a case against a U.S. soldier under wraps, Army prosecutors on Monday presented evidence against Brigadier General Jeffrey A. Sinclair, a 50-year-old serviceman being charged with a slew of sex crimes against five women. From Fort Bragg, North Carolina, Monday, prosecutors for the U.S. Army began presenting evidence in the Article 32 hearing that will determine if to do with Article 32 is a high up there, it's not quite 33. Uh, if, if Sinclair, a 30-year-old-plus veteran of the military, will have to be court-martialed over allegations of sexual assaults and other crimes committed while representing the United States. He'd been under Army investigation for several months, but was not formally indicted until late September. Now, for the first time since the Pentagon went public with the case, Evans being used to prosecute the one-star general is being presented to the media. Then it goes through the different things that he's accused of having done, and uh, we'll see where the, all this goes. But why is he, all this stuff coming out, as I say, now? There's a reason, a bigger reason, and eventually you'll find out why is it, all these kind of things end up in a debate to do with particular rights and so on. That's where it's all supposed to go, you see. And there's Savile again, Savile's travels, how, how Sir Jimmy was fingered as Peter Sutcliffe's accomplice. And, it's, and this is the, the, the murderer, uh, Sutcliffe, that, that uh, of course, uh, Savile eventually went to visit in prison quite often and had a good laugh with him at his jokes. It's not, it's not much of a big of a stretch, and you'd have to be in avoidance not to look into it. It says, there seems to be a natural synergy between them, a correlation that appears to have escaped authorities in the media until now. It's known that Broadmoor's esteemed patron, Sir Jimmy Savile, had befriended one Peter Sutcliffe, known as a Yorkshire Ripper, who was moved to secure mental hospital in Berkshire following his mass murdering spree. And it says... So Jim even fixed a meet and greet between the Ripper and boxing champion Franco Bruno at Broadmoor in 1991 when Big Frank came to open a boxing gym inside. Pals Jim and Pete shared a passion for predatory, sadistic and violent sex practices. Nurses at Broadmoor, where this prisoner was, can testify to hearing Sir Jim booming with laughter at the Ripper's jokes coming from inside Sutcliffe's cell. But how do we miss this one? Multiple murder crime scenes put Sutcliffe uncomfortably close to Savile at multiple locations in Leeds at the time of the murders, a realisation which places Sir Jimmy squarely in the frame with the Yorkshire Ripper. According to the Sun's professor David Wilson, one of Britain's top experts on serial killers, police must now investigate whether or not the pair, and pair's unusual bond developed before Sutcliffe was, cause, was caught. And stuff's coming all the time where Savile even would try to rape the, the guy who delivered papers, the little boy, you know. It's just disgusting and disgusting. But is it disgusting this day? See, this is going to lead to a, a whole new, uh, let's look at this more closely. There are people who have this problem, problem, you see. And, and, and they have their sexual rights too, etc. But there's something more going to come out of, from all of this, I guarantee you. 
And it's not what the general public will think. And I'm surprised to see this article here today. It says 20 gay and lesbian Royal Canadian Mounted Police officers have come out with a poignant YouTube video that explains how they got past childhood bullying to live happy and complete lives as members of Canada's National Police Force. This is all the bullying stuff. 20 gay and lesbian RCMP police officers have come out with it, with it and have made this, this video on It Gets Better, it's called. It Gets Better, apparently, is a catchphrase that came out from the States from Dan Savage after hearing Obama mention that term. And he's, he's also, he was the guy who started this It Gets Better campaign. It says 20 gay and lesbian, uh, uh, once I've come out, anyway, it says, it says here, the British Columbia Mounties are the latest group to create a 10-minute video for the International It Gets Better Project, a movement popularized by celebrities and politicians over the past two years to help gay and youth fight the despondency that can accompany being different. And uh, so I'll put that up tonight too for those that want to see it. But, I mean, you're talking about people in who are paid by the public here uh, to, to just do their job. And when you, when you get a discrepancy between what they do with their accoutrements and their private life and this kind of stuff, that there's a you got a conflict there. That shouldn't be anybody's. What they do in their private life is their own affair. When they start going public and using the RCMP as a tool to go public, it's a different matter altogether. So I'll put this up. Then I'll put one up too from this Dan Savage in the States. And you'll hear what he says. I mean, he's a guy that Obama pushed forward to promote this thing. And he curses Christians. He curses parents. He's cursing everybody. It's not one of his own, you see. Is this what we want to hear? Really? There's more going to come out of all of this, I guarantee you. And if that's not hate that this guy's spewing there, what, what, what can be classed as hate? Or only one group allowed to hate, I mean adamantly hate. And yet they're the first ones to claim that others are hating them. As they spew out their hatred, you see. There's more going to come out of all of this. It's just astonishing to see what's, what's coming out today. There's reasons for all of this coming. And and it's not where the general public would think it will go. It's not to investigate, like the Savile case, about how many victims there were, or was Savile Samuel involved in killing some of them, and so on. It's going to go beyond all of that. And it won't be higher up the tree into the high nobilities either. You wait and see. Also tonight I put up an article, it's an older one from last year, I read it at the time. It was about how Goldman Sachs Company, the big bankers that run the world, had uh, stocks and shares in uh, uh, another magazine that trafficked in sex, a sex trafficking uh, thing. Global Investment Securities and Sex. Goldman Sachs has long been a big name on Wall Street, but an investigation trying the banking giants to a website linked with sex trafficking has left the firm, scrambling to say goodbye to some stock. They signed a deal Friday to begin unloading its share in Village Voice Media, a privately heard media conglomerate that oversees some of the biggest alternative newspaper in America. Also in the firm's client list, uh, though it's, it's Backpage.com, is, I guess they see it through Backpage.com, a site that's become essentially synonymous with the online sex trade. After the New York Times revealed last month that Goldman Sachs owned a 16% stake in Village Voice Media, the bank was begging for a solution to settle what quickly snowballed into PR disaster. Sachs now says that they're in a deal to sign off its shares back to the management of the Village Voice, but only after investing upwards of $30 million. 
But I'll tell you, that's quite an investment, isn't it? $30 million into the sex trade for a supposedly reputable, they're all reputable, these big banking companies. The same Goldman Sachs, mind you, that did the audit for Greece when Greece applied to get into the EU and they cooked all their books for them and then presented to the EU Union and uh, knowing they were going to crash and, of course, knowing too that they themselves were going to highly benefit with the crashes, which they certainly are. That's how the world really works, folks. And I'll stop at that tonight too. But I say that you better believe it, there's a lot more going to come out of all of this. There's just too many movements rising as the divisions and divisions and divisions in the society are created and funded and, and pushed to come out until literally there's... The whole idea, remember, is to push the, the fact that there's nothing, it's not nothing in humanity that's called normal. I hope you understand that. Or even majority. There's an article the other day that says the heterosexuals are now in the closet, too scared to say anything. This is a revolution, the ongoing revolution, folks, to destroy everything that was to bring in the new and to terrify anyone who hangs on to anything that they thought was normal. Shortly, you'll be brought into on your opinions on things. Actually, actually, it happens when you apply for jobs. What's your opinion on this and that? No kidding you. It's rather transparent, isn't it? Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix. And last night I talked about the the Planned Parenthood International uh, with the United Nations pushing for elimination of the age for consent for children. They want to get children active from a very early age, as early as possible, to have sex with anyone at all. And, of course, they're going full steam ahead with that, too. Big things are all happening and coalescing at the same time for a purpose because you're living through a constant directed very directed and, and very well-funded organizational revolution here. It's been going on for a while. So you must destroy all it was to bring in the new. And it's no coincidence either that people who've been abused, if they really have been abused, or even think that they just don't fit in, that's abuse to them. They don't fit in. They don't feel comfortable with other people. They'll even call that abuse, even though no one's abusing them. They'll become abusers themselves if they put on uniforms. That's the danger of it, too. Now they can boss everybody else around. Think about that as well. But today I looked at an article in, the, in the, one of the newspapers, the Mail. Now, the, the, the Mail in Britain uh, runs on sex. It sells nothing but sex on it. All done, every story, the right-hand side is all these celebrities that the hook, people are hooked on. And it's, it's called um, uh, Boobs and Bums newspaper. That's what I want. It's a Boobs and Bums newspaper. That's all you see, you see. But a, a full page in it today was was this. You know, a time when all this is going on about sex and so on. Prepare for a very happy Christmas. Advanced sales of 50 shades of grey sex toys go through the roof as frisky fans snap up 6,000 pairs of love balls in one day. I, I was trying to picture people at the beach or something tossing this ball over a net. Not, nothing like that at all. They've got handcuffs and all this kind of stuff uh, that they're going to use. Basically, you're, everyone's into apparently sadomasochism now because all of the movies that they've watched, you see. So I'll put this link up tonight too to show you this is mainstream paper. It's a full page on it. Just 
thinking this is all wonderful. Of course, it could be a full page ad. A lot of the times they won't tell you it's actually an ad in the, what they call mainstream. They get paid for it. And folk have no idea the money you get for a full page magazine. Massive money, massive money. This article here is, What if people were as stupid in 1886 as they are now? It says, you understand you live in your own little span of time. And the, the, the trick, as Orwell pointed out, is to eliminate the past. Aldous Huxley said the same thing. He says the trick is, is of eliminating the past is vital for a totalitarian system so that you don't know how good the past was. See, they always tell you you're living the best of times, but it gets worse and worse. This one here is to do with your, your little span of memory, you see. And people live in their little bubbles. They don't talk to older people. They've been trained in school since the 60s. Don't talk to anyone over 30. Now it's down to about 20 almost. But um, they think that everything's supposed to be like clockwork in nature. Your spring comes around on a certain date and and birds start singing on a certain date and in comes the sun on a certain date for summer, etc., etc. As though something was a clockwork, but it's not. But it says here, In 1886, the United States was hit by an incredible seven hurricanes, including two major hurricanes. Suppose that some snake oil salesman named James Hansen had been running around the countryside in 1886, claiming he could prevent hurricanes by having everyone give up coal and oil. The consequences would have been catastrophic had people been stupid enough to listen to Dr. James Hansen. So why are people in 2012 stupid enough to listen to snake oil salesman James Hansen today? A great civilization is not conquered from without until it destroys itself within. The essential causes of Rome's decline lay in her people, her morals, which plummeted, of course, her class struggle, her failing trade, her bureaucratic despotism, her stifling taxes, and her consuming wars. That was Will Durant. It was set out by Rockefeller Foundation to write a different history of the world. But anyway, that's true, you see. People think in their lifetime, well, I can't remember anything like this bad as that. No, these things have happened all along down through history, these kind of hurricanes coming in. Just because you've had a span of so many years without them doesn't mean it's not going to hit you again. That's how the world has always been. And... But watch the Middle East, or watch the, the New American Century Group, for instance, when they published in the 90s, the whole list of countries they wanted to take out. They're starting with Afghanistan, then Iraq, and, and then they wanted to go straight to Syria and bypass Iran and other ones at that time. Uh, it was the same list, by the way, if you look into the Jewish newspaper, uh, um, Haaretz uh, in Israel. They had this, it was the same list that they had uh, there too, and, and they wanted the U.S. to go through them all. Even when they finished with Iraq, uh, uh, the Israelis were telling them, the U.S., no, don't stop, now go straight to Syria. But uh, it just shows you how things are, are really, really going, because now Turkey, who's been a, a friend, supposedly, to the West and wants to join the EU Union, I'll have another article on that tonight, I'll put that up, and they've actually made steps to join. There's so many steps to join the EU. There's, there's like step A, B, C, D, E. So you can, you can immerse yourself a little bit at a time until you're fully engrossed in it. But here, here it is from, it's just a Jewish and Israel news. Uh, al Heiner, it says here, after Aminijad, it says, the greatest threat to Israel is Erdogan of Turkey. So Turkey, who even promised to give air bases to Israel at one point to bomb Iran, uh, now, they're, now they're getting set, the sights set on them too, uh, says, um, after President 
Ahmadinejad of Iran and Iran's theocratic Islamic State, the greatest threat to Israel's Prime Minister Tayyip Erdogan of Turkey and Turkey's Islamist government. This is surprising because Turkey and Israel used to be close allies. The rift between the countries is directly linked to the ascendancy of Islamist rule in Turkey. You understand all Islamics have to be wiped out and, and secular societies brought in. That's the mandate the United Nations. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix. Reading about Turkey, and of course, Turkey, don't forget the history of Turkey with the Ottoman Empire and so on and how powerful it was as well, and uh, the, the massive geopolitical strategies have been brought out over the years to try and deal with that and, and eliminate it, and of course, which Britain did, and uh, and all the things that have happened since. But I'll put this link up tonight to show you that literally no one's safe anymore if you're an Islamic state, basically. They've all to be done away with, and I said that years ago. It can only be one, you understand. That's what the movies say, it can only be one. And we're well on the way to it. And also put on to Turkey and the EU, the European Union, Erdogan visit to Berlin betrays the tensions, it says, as the pretendous tensions there and all the rest of it. Remember, Turkey too is a member of NATO, yet being a good ally of NATO, but you can be used and tossed out when your usefulness is over. And this article too is the new dark age. Across Europe, free speech and democracy face their biggest threat since the 30s. And I've mentioned this before, but it says, after a week dominated by the terrible effects of Superstorm Sandy, an increasing bitter struggle between Barack Obama and Romney, and the continuing fallout from the Jimmy Savile scandal, it was easy to overlook a little story about an obscure Greek journalist called Kostas Vaxevanis, his name is. It says, in a way, though, the ordeal of Mr. Vaxevanis, the editor of the Athens magazine, who narrowly escaped prison for publishing the names of suspected tax evaders is the biggest story of all. His themes, which are the freedom of the press, the corruption of the establishment, the arrogance of the elites, and the terrifying storm engulfing the economies of Europe, go to the heart of a crisis that threatens to tear the continent apart. And it says, from the Levison Inquiry in London to the attempted comeback of former Italian Prime Minister by Mr. Silvio Berlusconi, and from the Salons of Paris to the committee rooms of Brussels, there is serving signs of a backlash against democracy, free speech, and the will of the people, a counter-revolution that could sweep away many of the liberties we take for granted. For more than half a century after World War II, most of us assumed that life in Europe would always get better. Well, I didn't. Uh, and when the Berlin Wall fell in 1989, it seemed that the tide of freedom was irresistible. Well, that's what they said in the Rees Commission. Eventually, the West would join the East and they mix the two systems together. But now, with the Europe, uh, Europe posed on the brink of a new dark age of austerity, corruption and censorship, I'm beginning to wonder if we were wrong all along. Well, for many years from now, historians have come to explain how it happened. They may well start with the story of Costas uh, Vaxivanis. Until this week, few people outside Greece had ever, ever heard of him. His magazine called Hot Doc is hardly one of the continent's most prestigious publications. Last weekend, however, he found himself catapulted into the headlines after publishing a leaked list of some 2,059 rich Greeks who have hid more than a billion euro in secret Swiss bank accounts. 
given that one of Greece's greatest problems over the last few years has been a corrosive culture of tax evasion. Some, t- some estimates suggest that the Greek government loses a staggering 15 billion euros a year in unpaid taxes. It's not surprising that the list aroused an enormous storm. After all, millions of Greeks are suffering under the most painful austerity regime seen in Europe for generations, while the economy is shrinking by almost 5% a year, living standards in freefall and unemployment at a staggering 25%. I mean, that whole th- thing itself should make folk ask you about the whole damn system you're living in, that this is the best we can do, the best economists, the best, all these so-called sciences, you know, and we're in a mess like this. No, this is an agenda, folks. They printed, they talked about austerity, bringing in austerity from the globalists at the United Nations long before the crashes started. Their whole thing was, how do we get it going? Well, they crashed the banks and get it going. Then they jack up all the prices on the things they sell you, all your energy and everything else, make a massive profit for giving you less. It all figured out. Anyway, getting back to the story, it's revealingly the tax evasion list have been doing the rounds of Europe's financial ministries for years, and the French who got hold of it first had already passed it to the Greek government, who, living up to their reputation for incompetence and corruption on a world-class scale, did absolutely nothing about it. But when Mr. Vaxivanis leaked a list in his magazine, the Greek people were given a glimpse of their master's real priorities. Instead of promising to follow up the leads on the list, the government coalition immediately had him arrested and charged with invading the privacy of the rich plutocrats. Well, that would happen in any country to take us at all. It's all the same. He was, thank goodness, acquitted. Still, his ordeal was reminiscent of something from George Orwell's 1984, or perhaps Franz Kafka's book, The Trial. And by the way, the book's good, and there's an excellent movie out on the trial, too. It shows you the farce and, just, and a, a surrealistic way of the, of the whole justice system, or what you think is reality. It's in which an innocent man was arrested and prosecuted by the repressive authorities without ever being told what he was, had done wrong. But what makes this uh, even more dangerous is that comes when, the, with the far right marching over more brazenly through the streets of Athens, a frightening remember, reminder that this political establishment loses its grip. Ordinary people turn to the extremes. In scenes not seen in Europe since the long night of the 30s, almost every day is bringing in new evidence that, in the shattered ruins of the Greek dream, the forces of xenophobia are gathering strength. Well, that's natural. It's natural, it's going to garb. As you can put into the same situation as Germany was when they signed the treaty at the end of World War I for perpetual debt, paying off perpetual debt to every country involved in World War I. The journalist at the time says Germany will have to fight its way out of it or have another war. That was all the old books have the same quotations by the famous journalists who attended that. And Greece is in the same state. So I'll put this up tonight too for anyone who wants to read it or care about it. Because why I'm mentioning it is because it's to happen across the whole world, you understand. Austerity is for across the whole world. You have no idea of the amount, the thousands and thousands of organizations funded by the big tax-free foundations, which are owned by the international uh, bankers, the big boys, and the guys who own international corporations Thousands of them, the big corporations. You have no idea of the, of the organizations that push to make sure austerity is brought in with a lot more with it, by the way. I mean, an example tonight I'll put up is, this is just Toronto, right? Greater Toronto. 
I've mentioned different organizations that, that are changing your town councils. They simply grafted themselves on board, these non-profit organizations. Now you can't build anywhere and you're going to pay for carbon taxes. Greater Toronto Area Clean Air Council, 2010 Intergovernmental Declaration on Clean Air and Climate Change. This is a put out by a private NGO. It's now running the councils, folks. And it's a manifesto of what they're going to do and how they're going to cut back on carbon, your cars, all the methods to tax your cars off the roads. Folk who burn wood in their stoves are going to get punished and penalized and all the rest of it. This has all been signed in by all the the, the little uh, cities that, that used to be outside Toronto. There's now the greater Toronto area. They've all signed on to this. And this is the preamble for the whole thing. I'll put this up tonight. Clean Air and Climate Change Summit and Climate Change Summit. Something that's nonsense, Climate Change Summit, the global warming thing. So I'll put that up tonight for those who want to read it. So it's coming everywhere, you understand. Austerity, total austerity, but the ones at the top will be richer than ever before. Remember, Carl Quigley said this new system is to be a kind of feudal system. Where CEOs of big corporations run the world, from your water, your foods, to everything. Everything, your smart cities. Smart cities, by the way, smart growth is all terms for Agenda 21. IBM leads it, by the way. And this article here, too. It says, uh, most Americans have absolutely no idea, but a very dark philosophy is spreading like wildfire amongst the global elites. This philosophy is an obsessive belief that humanity has become a cancer that's destroying the earth. There are now large numbers of global leaders that are convinced that the exploding population in the world has become like a virus or a plague. Prince Philip said that, too, and that it must be combated as such. In fact, it would be very difficult to understate just how obsessed many members of the global elite are with population control. The United Nations puts out uh, position papers about it. Universities have entire courses dedicated to it. Radical population control advocates have been appointed to some of the highest political positions in the world, and some of the wealthiest people on the planet get together just to talk about it. They know the Lucky Gene Club and so on. Those who believe in this philosophy are constantly talking about the needs for increased access to abortion, contraception, and other family planning services. I'm going to laugh at some of the, some of the terminologies used for family planning, too. Women's health issues. As, as though pregnancy was a disease. It's all doublespeak, you see. But even with all of their efforts, the population of the world is still expanding, it says, and those who believe in this population control philosophy are getting nervous. So just who are these people amongst the global elite who believe so fervently in population control? Some of the names you are about to read below might totally shock you. Many of them are some of the biggest names in the world. For example, Prince Charles gave a major speech just the other day, and I've got a link here to it too, which he bemoaned the rapidly expanding world population. He said, I could have chosen Mumbai, Cairo, or Mexico City. Wherever you look, the world's population is increasing fast. It goes up by the equivalent of the entire population of the United Kingdom every year. By the way, I gave the stats of the U.S. and Britain's population, and literally most folk are it's plummeting. It's been plummeting for years, you see. Anyway, it says, 
which means that this poor planet of ours, which already struggles to sustain 6.8 billion people, will somehow have to support over 9 billion people within 50 years. That's also straight out of the United Nations too. They'll, they'll quote each other. Many among the global elite believe that the growing world population is the number one problem facing the world. Many of them are absolutely convinced that overpopulation is the primary cause of climate change and ruining our environment and threatens to turn the entire globe into one gigantic third world slum. Remember the Club of Rome for the United Nations came up with the idea of climate change and global warming. They said they were given the task to find a reason to get this whole agenda in for austerity, depopulation. Oh, that would fit the bill, they said. That was the 1970s. The same organization that came up with the, the coming ice age in the 1960s. They, they put all their bets on that and it all fell flat. Of course, all of this is nonsense, but, but this is what they believe. And the scary thing is that most of them are in positions of power and influence where they can actually do quite a bit to advance their insidious agenda. By the way, the other day, uh, Britain's actually toying with the idea of limiting uh, parents to having two children, max. It says here the following are 22 shocking population control quotes from the global elite that will make you lose your lunch. Now, I've got the, the links for them all. It says, in the March 2009 UN Population Division Policy Brief. Now, no one's voted for the United Nations, you understand. It just created itself, you see, by the big globalists that really run the world way above politics. But they run politics down below, like little puppets at the bottom. But at the top there, they're way above all that. And it says, what would it take to accelerate fertility decline in the last, the least developed countries? That's what the whole population division was about then. What would it take to accelerate fertility decline? And number two, as, as Microsoft's Bill Gates says, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's heading up to about 9 billion. They always use the same terms, even when it's never right. Now, if we do a really great job in new vaccines, healthcare, reproduction, health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. Let's create philanthropists, you know. Remember Weishaupt said the same thing. We shall create philanthropists who will end up running the world. This bypasses all government, you see. Barack Obama's top science advisor, John Holdren, a program of sterilization women, women after their second or third child, despite the relatively greater difficulty of the operation and vasectomy, might be easier to implement than trying to sterilize men. And in the development of a long-term sterilizing capsule that could be implanted under the skin and removed when pregnancy is desired, opens additional possibilities for coercive fertility control. Coercive. The capture could be implanted at puberty and might be removable with official permission, if you have permission to remove it from your authorities, for a limited number of births. Uh, Number four, George Bush's science advisor, Paul Ehrlich. Each person we add now disproportionately impacts the environment and life support system at the planet. And number five, U.S. Supreme Court Justice uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I remember reading that quote at the time when she made it. She said, frankly, I'd thought that at the time Roe was decided, Roe versus Wade, there was concern about population growth, and particularly growth in populations we don't want to have too many of. <laughs> and number six, a United Nations Population Fund report entitled Facing a Changing World, Women, Population and Climate. I'll put the link up tonight too. No human is generally carbon neutral, especially when all greenhouse gases are figured into the equation. That was David Rockefeller. And also, uh, it says the negative impact of population growth in all of our planetary ecosystems is becoming appallingly evident. He's been at that his whole life, of course. He's been in eugenics his whole life as well. He wants the right kind of folk to survive, the better types, you know. 
Jacques Cousteau, of course, the great, wonderful Jacques Cousteau, who looked something, something fishy about that guy. He says, in order to stabilize world population, we must eliminate 350,000 people per day, he says. He's an amazing guy, Jacques Cousteau, you know, because he worked for the British MI, six during the war, or OSS, and his brother worked for the, for the Vichy French on, on behalf of the Nazis. You see, they cover both sides of the spectrum. And, um, CNN founder Ted Turner, a total population of 250 to 300 million people, a 95% decline from present levels would be ideal, he says. And Dave Foreman, Earth First co-founder, says, My three main goals would be to reduce human population to about 100 million worldwide, destroy the industrial infrastructure, and see wilderness with its full complement of species returning throughout the world. And Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, If I were reincarnated, I'd wish it to return to Earth as a killer virus to lower human population levels. That was Prince Philip, the, the Queen's uh, husband who's always in the cellar boozing. And that's a fact too, folks. You know, he's, he'd come back probably as a, a, a kind of fungus that would ferment booze, I think. David Brower, first executive director of the Sierra Club, says, Childbearing should be a punishable crime against society unless the parents hold a government license. All potential parents should be required to use contraceptive chemicals, the government issuing antidotes to citizens chosen for childbearing. And Planned Parenthood founder Margaret Sanger, they want to have lots of sex with children, mind you. She just said that children are actually weeds. She says the most merciful thing that a family does to one of its infants, infant members is to kill it. That's Planned Parenthood, you know. They're concerned about women's health, you know. Planned Parenthood founder Sanger says Women, Mortality and Birth Control, New York Publishing. That's a whole, that's a whole book. You can actually see the, the book. You, you can order it yourself. Birth control must lead ultimately to a, a cleaner race. She was already, already into not just uh, eugenics. She admired Hitler and Stalin. She thought Stalin was a wonderful guy. Because in Russia, they were, they were creating, uh, before the Nazis were, they were creating a new type of Sovieticus. They called it uh, Homo Sovieticus. And Princeton philosopher Pete Singer says, So why don't we make ourselves the last generation on earth? If we'd all agree to have ourselves sterilized, then no sacrifices would be required. We could party our way into extinction. That kind of reminds me that all these articles I've been reading about to do with the sexual things that are happening, we're pretty well doing that if you haven't figured that out yet. Most of them are actually already um, sterile. We don't even know it. Thomas Ferguson, former official in the U.S. State Department Office of Population Affairs, says, There's a single theme behind all our work. We must reduce population levels. Either governments do it our way through nice clean methods, or they will get the kinds of mess that we have in El Salvador or in Iran or Beirut. Population is a political problem. It even used fascism to reduce itself. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, and we're talking about the big system that we live under. Uh, in the organizations, most of the organizations, we don't even get a chance to vote for, not that voting matters anyway, it's all rigged in advance. But we don't get a chance to even go through the, the, the farce of it all. These big organizations that run the world, like the United Nations, World Health Organization, under the United Nations, the ones who want to depopulate, depopulate, depopulate. And they have massive public relations department, which is propaganda departments, remember. That's, that's what PR comes from, propaganda. 
to try and sell you all these ideas, to make you think the way that they, they want you to think, to change your behavior. It's all behavior modification, remember. They, they prefer if you all sterilize yourselves, because you're not going to do it, they're already doing it for you. And they even turn out their own statistics every year, telling you how sterile you're all becoming, and the rest you're dying off of cancers as you get sprayed from the skies with chemtrails, and you're eating all this poisoned food, of course, that the big, big agribusiness boys who are in with the United Nations and make sure that you're, you're eating because they spray it like crazy in all the food. Anyway, this article here says, the United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization this is the same organization that said years ago that food and farming was too important to be left to farmers. What they meant was the big international agribusinesses had to take over. Anyway, it says, I've reported that 18% of the world's greenhouse gases and CO2 equivalents can be directly con- contribute to livestock. See, they want you to do away with livestock. If we had less animals raised for consumption, we could cull considerable environmental benefits, you see. In other words, you'd be awfully weak, you'd die faster and all the rest of it. A ludicrous attempt to support their claims resulted in an alarmist study that stated that dinosaurs emitted so much flatulence that they caused global warming. They farted themselves into extinction. Equating cows to sauropods, the dangers posed in that 100 million tons of methane that's estimated to be produced by livestock. How would they even know? Another study published by Environmental Research Letters claims there must be a drastic changes in food production by 2050 to prevent global food crisis due to global warming as we get cooler and cooler, which their own organizations have to reluctantly admit to. But the lie will stay, doesn't matter. And at the top of this page, which I'll put up tonight too, it says researchers from the American Institute for Cancer Research have concluded that eating meat can increase the risk of contracting breast cancer, but only in Caucasian women. Apparently, African-American women are not in the same danger. Isn't that amazing, eh? See how they came up with any statistics to get a political, social agenda through to scare the bejesus out here. And they do all the time. And they want everyone to stop eating meat, of course, except for the elite who eat already all the organic and, and specially grown real, real food. And not in tanks like the stuff that you're eating. And by the way, the stuff from tanks is in your food supply. They've admitted that now in the U.S. And it was already in the food supply in Britain. Uh, but I don't want you eating meat at all. You see, you'd be too healthy and you might be more virile. They actually said that too. You, men might create more sperm if you're eating uh, cholesterol and so on uh, and, and protein. So they'd rather have it rather skinny and all the rest of it and, and, and going sterile and, and getting cancers from their pesticide-soaked vegetables which is about the only thing that average parents can afford to eat anymore, you see. It's all worked out in advance. After all, these world meetings don't go just make wish lists. I wish the people would just do what we asked them to do. They, they go ahead and implement the agendas covertly. They're, they've done it to your water, to your food. They've injected you with all kinds of poisons. And they're not finished with you yet. There's still too many of the wrong kind of people. You know, you're not up there with them. From Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada, is good night to me, your God of your gods, go with you.